0: Empire You ain't killing me Cause every time you do I rise above you You ain't coming out
1: Welcome to the Spooky Electric podcast by me, Trent Finagas. You need another podcast like you need another hole in your head. So here we go. It is time for another episode of Spooky Electric. And for this week's episode... I've decided to talk about one of my favorite music genres. So I'm talking about the whole genre uh, in an overview capacity, Um, which is a genre that I don't think a lot of people know about. Certainly most of my friends aren't fans of this genre. Um, So I don't even have anyone to personally talk to about this type of music, but it is a genre that I have loved since, I want to say, since the late 90s for sure, and I'm not exactly sure how I even got into it. So um, today I'm going to talk about digital hardcore music. Um, Yeah, so as I mentioned, I don't exactly know how I got into this uh music genre for sure i'm pretty certain that i got into it because of the band atari teenage riot who i will talk about in a minute and the leader of atari teenage riot is alec empire and he is the person credited with creating the genre of digital hardcore so i found atari teenage riot got into them you know, and this was like the early days of the internet. So, you know, this is even pre-Napster, I want to say. So, you know, I used to have to like, you could find information online, but it was not as easy as it is now. Um, So when I got into digital hardcore, I bought up everything that I could find. Uh, You really couldn't preview the music, you kind of had to just like, buy it blind and and see if you liked it. And for the most part, I liked everything that I heard for the most part. And then I will talk about, um, the various different types of, of music and sounds that you can hear under the, uh, digital hardcore genre label. So firstly, let me talk about what digital hardcore is and, um, what it's made up of, where it comes from. And this information I got from Wikipedia which is like my go-to for like over um like inform like overview of information. Not necessarily gospel, but for the most part it's it's pretty precise or it's at least pretty generally correct because the information comes from fans and people who really take the time to learn about the subjects that they're writing about. So, uh, Wikipedia describes digital hardcore as a fusion genre that combines hardcore punk with electronic music genres, such as breakbeat, techno, and drum and bass, while also drawing on heavy metal and noise music. It typically features fast tempos and aggressive sound samples. The style was pioneered by Alec Empire of the German band Atari Teenage Riot during the early 90s and often has sociological or far left lyrical themes. It is typically fast and abrasive, combining the speed, heaviness and attitude of hardcore punk, thrash metal and Riot Girl with electronic music such as hardcore techno, gabber, jungle, drum and bass, glitch and industrial rock. Some bands, like Atari Teenage Riot, incorporate elements of hip-hop music, such as freestyle rap. Digital hardcore saw less prominence in the 2010s. However, its international influence can be seen in the prominence of, ele- of core, a similar music genre fusing hardcore punk and metalcore with electronica. The term digital hardcore has largely fallen out of use these days, given its association with politically charged lyrics which are not a characteristic of newer electronic core artists. So essentially, digital hardcore is uh, an electronic version of punk music. So it is a very punk music-based genre that uses electronic music, beats, glitch, noise. Um, It is, as the description said, very aggressive very fast. I will also say that a lot of it is unlistenable, and that is by design. So I'm very curious to see if people check out the playlist that I made for this episode, because while I think that some of you may listen to this episode just to hear me talk about what digital hardcore is, I don't know that the actual music that is described, that is labeled in the genre, digital hardcore, is music that people will generally like, or will listen to a lot. And I have to admit that even as I listened to this playlist to prepare for this episode, I found it difficult and sometimes tedious to listen to all of these songs back to back to back in a row. I I really, really, really wanted to keep the playlist short, but it was kind of impossible to keep it under 30. There are 30 tracks on the playlist, which is a lot. You know, I usually like to keep it around 20. Um, But I figured when talking about an entire genre of music, you kind of have to give some leeway with giving options. So I cut it down to 30, and that was the best I could do. But even then, listening to 30 different digital hardcore songs in a row was, as I said, kind of hard to do. But again, that is by design. Punk music, and digital hardcore in particular, is not necessarily meant to be an enjoyable experience. It is meant to push you to aggravate you, to spurn you on to action, to make you get up off your ass and do something, whether that be rage against the machine, rage against the political process, rage against societal norms, or whatever. It's a way to just get aggression out, to to put a voice to this anti-establishment feeling that I want to say everyone generally feels at some point in their, in their life. And eventually I will do an episode about my favorite punk bands or maybe my favorite punk songs. And that will probably have similar themes to what I talk about here, but because I'm talking specifically about digital hardcore, which was created in the early nineties and the particular artists who I enjoy from the digital hardcore genre, um, I'm gonna keep that discussion to to this time frame um, itself. So, the first band that I ever heard about and fell in love with uh, was Atari Teenage Riot, which is a German band formed in Berlin in 1992. The name is taken from a Portu- from a Portuguese Joe song entitled "Teenage Riot" from the album "Teenage Riot," with the word Atari added. As an Atari, ST computer was used to create compositions. Also, I think beyond that, um, Alec Empire and I are close in age, and the first video game system that we grew up with was the Atari system, so we kind of are the Atari generation. So yes, while Alec Empire made Atari Teenage Riot And digital hardcore compositions on an Atari ST computer, again, because uh, he and I and people of our Gen X generation grew up with the Atari video game system, I think that that also played a part in the naming of the band Atari Teenage Riot. Highly political, Atari Teenage Riot fused left-wing, anarchist, anti-fascist views with punk vocals and a techno sound called Digital Hardcore, which is a term band member Alec Empire used as the name of his record label. The group was founded as an attack on the neo-Nazi subculture by fusing hardcore punk views with German techno. It consisted of three Berliners, Alec Empire, Hannan Elias, and MC Karl Krack. ATR's early releases, which included the track Hunt Down the Nazis, were surrounded by controversy in Germany. On September 6, 2001, Carl Krack, who had long struggled with psych- psychiatric issues, died from an overdose of unspecified pills. And then after he passed away, uh, Nick Endo became the newest member of Atari Teenage Riot, and they carried on from there. Um, I don't think Atari Teenage riot um, is in existence anymore, because it was created by Alec Empire, um, and Hannah and Elias and Nick Endo are still like out there. They could reform if they wanted to, but I think the Atari Teenage Riot era is over. But they are the band that are at the nexus of what Atari uh, of what digital hardcore would eventually become. And they were the gateway drug for me to get into the genre as a whole. So the first four tracks on the playlist are all Atari teenage riot songs. So track one is Start the Riot uh, from the EP Delete Yourself. Sorry, from the album Delete Yourself, which was released in 1995. Track two is Midi Junkies, also from the album Delete Yourself in 1995. Track three is the song Atari Teenage Riot from the album Burn Berlin Burn, released in 1997. And track four is the song titled Digital Hardcore, which was released on the album 60 Second Wipeout in 1999. Um, These four songs really give you a good sense of what Atari Teenage Riot sounds like. Uh, Very political um, hip hop, electronic, punk, which, um, you know, as I, as I mentioned, I hope people listen to the playlist because at the very least, I would like you to get a sense of what I'm talking about. And I think that these four songs are probably among the most accessible for newcomers to listen to because they do have a semblance of musicality and they do sound like songs, which is not necessarily something you should expect from a digital hardcore song. There are um, some songs on this playlist and in the genre that are basically noise. Basically noise, no real song structure, no melodies to speak of, and kind of just like aggressive noise that doesn't really resemble music and that is by Design. These songs by Atari Teenage Riot are not necessarily those type of digital hardcore tracks but I do have some of those um, at least examples of of what that type of digital hardcore music sounds like on the playlist and, and I'll get to that in a minute. So the next uh, two tracks on the playlist are from a band called Ekator. Uh The the band's name is spelled E-C-8, the number eight, E-C-8-O-R. So I've always pronounced it Ektor, but I suppose it could also be pronounced E-C-A-tor. Um. And... They're, they're pretty cool too. So, Ekater is a German digital hardcore band founded in 1995 by Patrick Catani and Gina V. Dionio and signed by Alec Empire's Digital Hardcore Recordings record label. The music was in the same vein of Atari Teenage Riot style of early breakcore and hardcore techno with a punk edge which led to Ikator being overlooked by fans of digital hardcore recordings. But Ikator employed more low-res ideas as the first album was entirely composed on Amiga 500 and with a microphone. These guys are very lo-fi. The, the music sounds very homemade. Um, you know, the kind of stuff that anyone could make with, like, a computer and apparently a microphone, maybe a keyboard or something with samples. And it's pretty much it. Um, I believe mostly uh, the female band member, Gina, does the singing, uh, quote unquote singing. So there are female vocals, which I think is very, very cool. And that's another thing, too. Like, one might assume that digital hardcore, it's very aggressive. It's very punk. So it must be very male dominated. And that is not necessarily the case. Many, many of the bands on this playlist are female-fronted. And as I mentioned, so the original version of Atari Teenage Riot was two guys and a girl. And then when Carl Crack passed away, he was replaced by Nick Endo and the band became two women and a man. So I always always loved that. Um, Women have just an... Uh, equal footing with as much of a voice as the men do in this genre. So track five is a song called The Shit You Dig from the album World Beaters, which was released in 1998. And track six is a song called Six Million Ways to Die from the album The One and Only High and Low, which was released in 2000. The next two tracks are from an artist named Hannon Elias and she is one of the original members of Atari Teenage Riot. She started releasing solo stuff while she still was in Atari Teenage Riot. And then after Atari Teenage Riot kind of went away or went on hiatus before they came back and then really went away, she launched her own record label and went uh, solo as a solo artist. So Hannon Elias is a Syrian German industrial techno artist She was a member of Atari Teenage Riot and is now a solo artist. After Atari Teenage Riot's non-definitive break in 2000 and the subsequent death of Carl Krack from a drug overdose, the members of ATR split up and Elias set up her own record label called Fatal Recordings. Uh, Track seven is her song In Flames from the In Flames EP that was released in 1999. And track eight is Girl Serial Killer, which is from the In Flames album that was also released in 1999. Um, Hannah Elias is definitely one of my favorite digital hardcore artists. She and Nick Endo, who I'll talk about next, um, are the artists that I love almost as much as I love Alec Empire, and he's like my favorite. I'm saving him for the end to talk about him. But Hannah and Elias, such a great vocalist, such a great energy. Um, I got to see Atari Teenage Riot live in concert one time. Um, They played a show in Detroit at St. Andrews Hall in downtown Detroit. One of the best shows I've ever seen in that venue for sure. And her aggressive style was so great. I'm honestly, And I can't, I cannot lie. Like Alec Empire for sure is my favorite. Like his energy, his whole persona, his whole demeanor, the way he is on stage, the way that he sings, the way that he writes, the music that he creates. Like I am a huge fan. He's like the German version of Trent Reznor. And I think that that's what really uh, resonates with me and really speaks to me. So he is for sure my favorite. But as I mentioned many times, I much prefer female voices. And even in the genre of digital hardcore, I think I definitely prefer female voices like Hannah and Elias and Nick Endo. If, if not their voices, their point of view, because Nick Endo is not a singer. So let me talk about her, and then I'll mention the songs of hers that are on uh, this playlist. Um, Nick Endo is a Japanese-German-American noise musician who plays with the German digital hardcore group Atari Teenage Riot. The daughter of a Japanese mother and a German father, Endo was born in Wichita Falls, Falls, Texas, which I did not know. Nick Endo joined ATR while they were on tour in 1997 and was involved with the production of their final album, 60 Second Wipeout. After ATR effectively broke up in 2000, Endo released an experimental solo album entitled Cold Metal Perfection, released by Fatal Recordings, an explicitly feminist offshoot of digital hardcore recordings, which is so fucking cool. Cold Metal Perfection was named as one of the top 20 albums of 2001 by Alternative Press. In 2001, Endo assisted in the production of Alec Empire's solo album, Intelligence and Sacrifice. She has also since been a part of Empire's touring band and was also involved with his follow-up album Futurist in 2005. In 2010, ATR reformed and and Endo has taken Hannah and Elias' slot as the female vocalist in ATR. Her trademark style and her black leather and white face... Her trademark style is her black leather and white face paint overlaid by the character, by the Japanese characters, meaning resistance, which she has paints on her face. She's just so fucking cool, I cannot even tell you the coolest. Um, Track nine and 10 on the playlist are Nick Endo songs. Uh, Track nine is Don't Interrupt from her White Heat EP, which was released in 1998. And track 10 is Maneater, from her Cold Metal Perfection album in 2001. Now, Nick Endo does not sing on her solo releases. She is just a noise artist, and it is just straight noise. And it's really cool. If hard to listen to sometimes, it's really, really cool. Nick Endo is not an artist that I can listen to a lot, I have to be in the mood for it because it's grating to the ears. It is very painful sometimes to listen to if you listen to it for a long time. And that is the point. And I know it sounds silly to talk about like, oh, like, why would you listen to something that it's painful to listen to? Or if you can't listen to it all the time. Like, it's just... There's something about digital hardcore music that is an expression. It is the sonic embodiment of like this aggression that people may or may not feel, or at least they acknowledge that they feel, and need to express. I am not a big fan of noise artists, but I do love how Nick Endo does the noise music style. And I am definitely a fan of hers as a part of Atari Teenage Riot, as a producer for Alec Empire, and as her whole fucking cool-ass demeanor when she's ever on stage. So, Nick Endo, amazing. Um, Track, the next two tracks, 11 and 12, are from an artist called Shizuo, whose real name is David Hammer. Uh, He... Uh, As part of the original hardcore posse, Berlin-born Hammer started out in the early 90s as an engineer for Atari Teenage Riot and released a solo album under the name Shizuo in 1997. The album Shizuo vs. Shizor was released on the Beastie Boys record label Grand Royal uh, and also featured... uh, So Shizuo was really like a solo... Kind of like how nine, how Trent Reznor is Nine Inch Nails. Like, David Hammer uh, was Shizuo, but um, a female vocalist, Annika Trost, was also part of Shizuo. Um, and unfortunately, uh, Shizuo, a.k.a. David Hammer, passed away in 2011, reportedly due to an overdose. So that's sad. So already we've, we've mentioned that MC Carl Crack passed away from Atari Teenage Riot, Shizuo passed away uh, from Shizuo and it's really sad but uh, the music that he created, he created with Annika is is very, very cool and um, his album and EPs are among my favorite of the digital hardcore genre. So track 11 is The Man from the New Kick EP, which was released in 1997. And track 12 is Braindead, from the album Shizuo vs. Shizor, which was also released in 1997. Uh, the next two tracks are from Patrick C. So Patrick Katani from Ikator released some solo music. And track 13 is You're a Hero, from his album The Horrible Plans of Flex Busterman, which was released in 1997. And track 14 is Risky Sexual Practice from uh, the album Attitude PC8, which was released in 2000. So Patrick C released uh, music as in the Ekater, as Ekater, the group, and he also released Solo Stuff under his own name. The next two tracks, Christoph are from uh, an artist named Christoph de Babylon. He is a German electronic producer, experimental artist, and DJ, best known for his work on Alec Empire's label, Digital Hardcore Recordings, most notably his album, If You're Into It, I'm Out of It, which was released in 1997. He's also the co-founder of the label Crossfade Entertainment, and um, one of his claim to fame is that Radiohead frontman Tom York described his album, If You're Into It, I'm Out of It, as, quote, the most menacing record he owned. Now, I love Tom York. I love Radiohead. And nothing about digital hardcore, to me, relates to what Radiohead music sounds like. But the fact that Tom York is a fan of an artist like Christophe de Babylon, who is a digital hardcore artist is really really cool because it just shows that there's something about what you hear in digital hardcore recordings that you can't necessarily describe why you like it you just like it or you don't and i really like it i really love it and i really hope that me talking about it or at least exposing um listeners like yourselves to the genre you might find something that you like as well. Um, Christophe de Babylon's songs span many electronic genres, including noise, soundscapes, dark ambient, drum and bass, and breakcore. Some of his tracks are also known for their length, with a song called Opium lasting over 15 minutes long, and his song High Life theme lasting over 11 minutes. So track fifteen is uh, by Christophe de Babylon. Uh, the song is called "Kick in the Teeth" from his Seven Up EP, which is released in nineteen ninety seven. And track sixteen is "No Step" from his album If You're Into It, I'm Out of It, which was released in nineteen ninety seven. The next two tracks are from an artist called Bomb Twenty, who also went by the name Pirates on the Moon. His real name is David Skiba. Uh, Bomb20 has been developing his unique form of hip-hop noise and cut-up audio since his debut Field Manual album appeared on Digital Hardcore Recordings in 1998. So track 17 is Made of Shit from the Flip Burgers or Die EP. And track 18 is Burn the Shit Down from Field Manual in 1998 what i will say about bomb 20 is that he does this he does this really great thing where he uses samples from like commercials or from cartoons or from things that you hear in pop culture and he embeds them in his songs so it's really really great to hear his like you know, his upbeat, breakbeat songs. And then there's, like, a sample of something that you're like, oh, that's, like, the Care Bears or something, something like that. Or, oh, that's a Coke commercial or something. Like, it's very, very cool. It's very, very, um, you know, if you know, you know type thing. And I think that's what I love most about the music that he makes. Next to... Alec Empire, I want to say that Bomb 20 is probably my favorite male digital hardcore artist because I love everything of his that I've heard. And, you know, back in the day when I was buying CDs, I bought everything. So I have, I think I still have all of these CDs at my parents' house. Um, And I'm so glad that most of this stuff is available on streaming which is obviously because all of the songs I'm talking about are available for your listening pleasure on Spotify. Um, And anything that you might want to find outside of streaming sources, you can find on YouTube or for sure you can download from whatever torrent sites because this music, while it might not be mainstream and it might not be something that... um, is really talked about or easy to find, if you know what you're looking for, and if you want to find more, you definitely can find more. Uh, the next track uh, is from an artist called Lolita Storm. It's a group. Uh, Lolita Storm is a digital hardcore band from the U.K. consisting of. <sighs> no, I'm so gonna, <laughs> I'm so gonna botch these names. Nyung Napalm, Romy Bonilla Medina, Jimmy Too Bad, and Espex. So those are the members of Lolita Storm. Musically, Lolita Storm can be described as a digital hardcore band with chanted punk lyrics about sex, bondage, drugs, and feminism of a comical rather than deeply political form, put to a backdrop of generally highly aggressive digital hardcore music. Lolita Storm performs infamously short live sets, usually just over 10 minutes. Which is brilliant. So track 19 in the playlist is the song You Make Me High When You Go Down Low from the album Girls Fucking Shit Up, which was released in 2000. And the one thing that I want to mention about Lolita Storm is... When I was a very young teacher in grad school, when I taught high school in Gross Point, Michigan, uh, my best friend uh, at work was the librarian, Dr. Eric France, one of my best friends who very unfortunately succumbed to cancer a few years ago. So, <sighs> I miss that guy because he was the coolest, one of the smartest, most well-read people I've ever met in my entire life. He and I would love to share music. Um, One funny thing about working at the school that I worked at is, so all the teachers were given keys and we were given access to the school 24 hours a day. So let's say, for example, you left something, you know, in your classroom or, you know, you wanted to pick something up to do work after, after hours. Or if you wanted to go into the school and, like, do work after hours, you were allowed to you had your key, you go in and you do what you need to do. Back in the day, in the early 2000s, um, cable internet was not prolific, like people didn't have it yet. T1 connections were mostly just for big corporations or for companies or for schools. So the school had cable internet. I was still on dial-up. So the, the school had cable internet. And I used to go to the school after hours, so it'd be like 10 or 11 or 12, and I would download music because it would be faster to download at on a on a T1 connection than it was through dial-up at home. So while it would take me eight hours to download an entire album on the uh, cable, on the um, dial-up internet that I had at home, it would only take me two hours, maybe three hours. It still took a long time, but it was faster. Anyways, just an aside. Um, Anyways, so Eric, Dr. France, and I would share music together, and he would introduce me to stuff like, you know, he was a fan of Bob Dylan, and he was really into like political artists from like the 60s and 70s. And I showed him stuff like Digital Hardcore and um, like Lolita Storm. And I remember he loved Lolita Storm. I bought him this CD and I copied everything that I had. I burned him CDs and he, he loved everything that I sent him or that I gave him. And whenever I listen to Lolita Storm, I think of Dr. Eric France rocking out to Lolita Storm in the library with his little headphones on. Um, because he was one of the coolest guys I've ever known with impeccable taste. So, I love you, Eric, and I totally miss you. And wherever you are, I hope you are enjoying um, Lolita Storm and all the great stuff that you enjoyed um, here in this mortal coil. Okay, moving on. Um, Track 20 is from an artist uh, from a group called Cobra Killer, Cobra Killer, Killer is the duo of Gina V. D'Orneo and Annika Trost. Uh, they began as a part of Alec Empire's digital hardcore movement. Both were part of other bands signed to digital hardcore recordings. Uh, D'Oreo was from Ecator, and Trost was from Shizuo. And an interesting thing the artist Peaches played her very first concert ever as the support act for Cobra Killer in Berlin back in the late 90s, which is amazing. I love Peaches. I will definitely be talking about Peaches at some point on this podcast. Uh, But this was information that was also new to me, and I had no idea that Peaches' first gig, or at least one of her first gigs, was as the opening act for Cobra Killer in Berlin. So, cool. So track 20 is a song called Cobra Z from Cobra Killers' self-titled album, which was released in 1998. Track 21 is from a group called She Satellites, and it turns out that She Satellites is actually Nick Endo's side project. So it's just Nick Endo doing music under a different name, uh, also very noisy. Like, Noise and Glitch is very much Nick Endo's um, mo like that's the kind of music that she makes. So whether you're listening to a Nick Endo song or a She Satellite song, it's all the same artist, and it's all really fucking cool. So track twenty one is a song called "Poison Lips" by She Satellites, which was featured on the self-titled album "Poison Lips," which was released in nineteen ninety nine. So the next track. So the rest of the songs, um, on this playlist are all from Alec Empire. Alec Empire being the innovator of digital hardcore, the leader of Atari Teenage Riot, the shepherd of the digital hardcore movement, and one of the coolest electronic artists you probably never heard of, um, and that is really why I wanted to do this whole episode to talk about digital hardcore and to talk about Alec Empire in, uh, specifically. So Alec Empires, uh, who was born Alexander Wilkie Steinhoff uh, in Charlottenburg, West Berlin, is a German experimental electronic musician who is best known as a founding member of the band Atari Teenage Riot, as well as a prolific and distinguished solo artist, producer, and DJ. He has released many albums, EPs, and singles, some under aliases, and remixed over 70 tracks for various artists, including Bjork, which I will talk about in a moment. He was also the driving force behind the creation of the digital hardcore genre and founded the record labels Digital Hardcore Recordings and Eat Your Heart Out Records. By the end of 1999, Empire was mentally exhausted. Han and Elias was pregnant, and MC Carl Crack was suffering from psychosis induced by prolonged drug use. Atari Teenage Riot was put on hiatus. Its future was made even more doubtful following Crack's death in 2001 and Elias' decision to leave digital hardcore recordings and create fatal recordings. Empire rebounded in 2001 when he, with assistance from Nick Endo, recorded Intelligence and Sacrifice. The album contained two discs. The first retained the Atari Teenage Riot formula, yet exhibited a more polished production style and lyrics of an unusually introspective nature. The second disc was an electronic instrumental album and, in contrast, was more experimental. He used an all-star lineup in his first live Alec Empire show at the Fuji Rock Festival in Japan. Charlie Clouser, ex Nine Inch Nails, played synths. Masami Mirzbo Akita and Gabe Serbian, The Locust, who from The Locust, both played drums and Nick Endo played synths and keyboards. In 2007, Empire announced that digital hardcore recordings would henceforth assume a more underground role as his focus turned to a new label titled Eat Your Heart Out Records, which he describes as, quote, the sound of New Berlin. The label's first release was his 12-inch single, Robot L-O-V-E, followed by an album, The Golden Foretaste of Heaven, recorded with his new production team and touring band, The Hellish Vortex. In February 2017, Empire released an original soundtrack album for the German sci-fi thriller, Volt. So Alec Empire, as I mentioned, just a visionary genius who saw how to meld punk and electronic music, techno, breakbeat, drum and bass, into a new form of music that spoke to, um, the punk aesthetic, but also resonated with the, um, electronic music vibe. I mean, just genius. It was inspired what he came up with and it's not so much that he just created the genre, but like he created so much of what makes the genre so good He released so many singles, EPs, and albums under his own name, but he also released albums under Aliases, many of which are featured on this playlist um, that I put together for this episode. So before I talk a little bit more about him, let me play you a snippet of an interview with Alec Empire that he uh, did where he talks a little bit about Well, you can hear Alec Empire in his own words, talk about his music, what he's all about, and um, he will definitely, he can speak for himself better than I can describing him. So have a listen. This is Alec Empire.
0: going out playing live and getting that energy out there because I think this music must be heard on, on a loud PA. It's very physical, the energy. On, with it, man. By expressing that vision of, of, the, of the bad stuff, you know, I can create a, a better awareness. But I also uh, like the confrontation that can happen at these kind of festivals. You know, because people who were never exposed to this music can listen to it and I, I look for that challenge. I always look for new audience. Sometimes you watch TV and you think, fuck, like everybody is an idiot. <laughs> you know, why don't they see what I see? But if I play live, I understand, okay, there are other people who feel exactly the same.
1: So as you can hear, uh, Alec Empire was interviewed at a music festival somewhere and he was talking about the fact that um, he's he he has this music in his head and these thoughts in his mind and he's putting it out there and he's wondering, am I the only person out there who has these thoughts? But then he plays festivals and he sees, oh, yes, there are other people that resonate. I think this is why he loves to perform live, because he can see that he's not alone and, you know, he's aggressive on stage, the audience is aggressive uh, in the audience, and I think he really feeds off that, and I think that that really helped create, or at least fuel his creativity um, when he was um, not even just starting out with a, a Atari Sinead Riot, but throughout the whole heyday of the whole digital hardcore recordings era from the mid to uh the mid 90s to like the early 2000s um okay so earlier it was mentioned that uh alec empire has done so many remixes for so many other artists and when he did remixes for Bjork when she released her homogenic album which is my favorite album by the way i was to die for over the moon to see that two of my favorite artists were collaborating. So when Homogenic came out, uh, I was very into collecting singles and import singles. And sometimes singles import singles come in part one, part two, or sometimes part three. So you have to buy all three singles to get all the remixes and all the B-sides that are released for a particular single, which is what really made um, CD collecting really fun for me in the 90s. So I distinctly remember going to, like, one of my favorite record shops in Royal Oak, Michigan. Um, I don't remember the name of the store. But they had uh, all import record, all import CDs and bootleg uh, concerts on VHS, which I loved. And so I remember when uh, the singles were coming out for Bjork's Homogenic album. Uh, So the first single was Yoga. And on CD2, I want to say there was, like, the Alec Empire remix. And I'm like, holy shit, like, Alec Empire from Digital Hardcore? Like, that guy? So I bought it, and oh my god, I love his remixes of her songs so much. I bought all of the versions of the CD single, and thankfully... Now, unfortunately, the remixes are not available on streaming, but you can buy them from, like iTunes. So, um I own the CDs and they're back home in Michigan, but I just recently rebought the Yoga single with the Alec Empire remixes on them because I just wanted to have them on my phone to listen to whenever I want to. So, here is a snippet. It's about a minute 20 seconds of the Alec Empire remix of Björk's song Yoga. Have a listen
0: this same god
1: And as if Alec Empire remixing Bjork's song Yoga wasn't enough, when she released her next single from Homogenic, the song Bachelorette, Alec Empire remixed that song as well. So here is another snippet from um, Alec Empire's remix of Bjork's song Bachelorette, which he titled The Ice Princess and the Killer Whale Remix. So have a listen now. Because these remixes are not available on streaming, I couldn't feature them on the playlist, but I definitely wanted to play some of what this digital hardcore flavor sounds like in the podcast itself. So if you don't listen to the playlist, at least you get a little taste of it. And I mean, whether you like it or not, I really, really hope that you check out the playlist, check out the genre, check out these artists just to see if maybe something resonates with you because I think it's just genius. I think it's really, really cool music and I just really wish more people listened to it and liked it. So I could have someone to talk to about this stuff because I've been loving this shit since at least 97, 96, 97. So, um, come on digital hardcore music fans out there fall in love and then let's talk about it. Um, So yeah, I definitely wanted to share those snippets of those two Bjork remixes. Alec Empire also remixed her song, Five Years. Um, But uh, if you wanna check that out, you could find that. I found it on YouTube. It was hard for me to find because it was never officially released. Um, But uh, the Alec Empire remix of Bjork's song, Five Years, is out there. So uh, if you wanna hear more Alec Empire remixes, they're out there. There are also other remixes of Yoga and Bachelorette. So I think he did two or three of each song, and they're featured on the singles. So if you want to investigate, you can find more. Um, One more thing. Um, So Alec Empire created a bunch of other aliases. And again, I'll talk about those a little bit more in just a minute. But one of my favorite of his aliases slash side projects was... uh, a quote-unquote group called Nintendo Teenage Robots. So obviously taking a play from his first band, Atari Teenage Riot, he decided to name this new side project Nintendo Teenage Robots. And what is cool about this album in and of itself is that the music is sourced entirely from the programmable, programmable music edition of a Game Boy. He took apart a Game Boy, plugged it into his computer, and turned the music into his own version of like a digital hardcore punk music. The album is called "We Punk Einheit," uh, and it takes the Game Boy machine to its musical limits, bleeping and blipping like a demented like a demented games console, circa nineteen eighty three. The Game Boy becomes a bit of a monster in Empire's hands, as he explores seemingly every possible combination of 8-bit sound in ways the designers probably never envisioned in their most fevered moments. Essentially, Alec Empire, who again is Gen X, you know, of we're kind of the same age. Um, I get it. I get wanting to take something like a Game Boy or, you know, some toy from our childhood and rip it apart and turn it into something new and exciting. So out of that came his little project, Nintendo Teenage Robots. One of the songs from the album We Punk Einheit is only 17 seconds long. It is untitled, and I'm going to play it for you right now. I mean, come on. Isn't that cool? <laughs> I mean, it's cool. I, I must admit, uh, the Nintendo Teenage Robots album isn't something I listen to a lot. But when it came out, I had to have it. Um, I have the original Back Home in Detroit on CD. And um, re-listening to it, and now again, to prepare for this, uh, this episode, I was like, oh, it's so fun. It's kind of a novelty. That is more on the novelty end of what Alec Empire does. But it does show how genius how inventive and how creative he is as an artist now the last uh bit of music of alec empire music that i'm going to uh clip out and play for you here in the podcast is from um a release that was titled alec empire versus elvis presley so this album was recorded in 1998 after alec empire returned home to berlin from a tour of the United States with his band, Atari Teenage Riot. As a method of escape from the digital hardcore sound, he became interested in Elvis Presley, watching all of his movies. Inspired, he collected two hours worth of samples and mixed them in his own particular style, the result of which caused his girlfriend at the time to leave him, which I think is fucking hilarious. Originally intended for release on his digital hardcore records limited label, Empire ran into problems when attempting to release the album as the Elvis samples were used without permission from the Presley Foundation. Concerned at the prospect of legal action, Empire decided not to release uh, the Versus Elvis album on digital hardcore recordings and instead pressed a few copies for friends and DJs. In a record store in New York in 1999, Empire, to his surprise, discovered a vinyl copy of the recording that had been pressed by El Turco Loco, an obscure label owned by former Matador artist Khan. This recording also marks the end of Alec Empire's usage of the popular drum sample, the Amen Break, as he stated in interviews that it had been done to death and was using similar fashion to Presley's death on this album. Alec Empire versus Elvis Presley is one of the craziest things I've ever heard. I have an original vinyl copy from El Turco Loco in my record collection right here with me in LA. It is one of my most prized records because it is a bootleg, because it is very limited, and because it is really hard to find. And even when it does show up on like eBay, it goes for like a lot of money. Um, You can listen to the entire thing on. YouTube. It's out there. So if you want to check it out, check it out. But um, I have clipped out about a minute and 20 seconds of um, the song called Jailhouse Cock Rocks the Most, which gives you a taste of what Elvis Presley sounds like in the hands of Alex Alec Empire. So have a listen. This is Jailhouse Cock Rocks the Most.
0: Here is Elvis with all the glitter and glamour only Hollywood could provide. Elvis Center Stage is an experience you will
1: Empire's use of Elvis samples is so interesting, so fun. It was so cool to me when it came out. This is before like mashups became a thing. Like Alec Empire was like years ahead of his time, you know, in the late 90s. He still is. But like, it was such an exciting time for me as a music fan because, you know, my music taste had matured and I really really knew what was good and i felt like i stumbled on this ent- higher gen this entire genre of music that no one else was listening to and i'm like this is so great and i remember loving like hoarding it all to myself and i mean it 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 kind of feels special to be like in the know and i guess that's why um i really wanted to talk about it on this podcast uh it's you know it had been something i've been thinking about and um I didn't want it to be one of the ideas that fell by the wayside. So I planned this episode weeks ago and I'm finally doing it now. So here we are. Okay, so let me wrap out this episode um, by talking about the remaining songs in the playlist. So track 22 is uh, the song titled Welcome to the Shit Generation by DJ6666 featuring The Illegals, which is... An Alec Empire Alias, uh, from the album Death Breathing, which is released in 1998. Track 23 is Ultrasonic Meltdown by Curse of the Golden Vampire, which is another Alec Empire Alias, along with Techno Animal, which was released on the album The Curse of the Golden Vampire, which was released in 1998. Track 24 is a song titled Hard Like It's a Pose by Alec Empire on his Death Funk EP which is released in 1997. Track 95, sorry, track 25 is Fuck It Up for Everybody by Alec Empire from his No Safety Pin Sex EP released in 1997. Track 26 is the song titled It Should Be You, Not Me by Alec Empire from his album Miss Black America, which was released in 1999. Track 27 is the song Addicted to You by Alec Empire from his album Intelligence and Sacrifice, which is a two-disc album he released in 2001. And... Addicted to You was the first song or at least from the first album of his that got more away from the hardcore punkiness of the digital hardcore sound and it became more melodic. So Addicted to You is definitely a song. It's definitely a bop. It's something that I have put on playlists, party playlists, my running playlist. So um, Atari Teenage Riot was... Punk, mo- pretty musical, but then Alec Empire went through this whole phase of like, you know, just straight electronic, straight techno, straight drum and bass, bra- break beats, all that kind of stuff, and then um, event and then he came back into the more melodic sound of of music making. So addicted to you, one of my favorite songs, definitely a bop, um, from his album Intelligence Sacrifice, track twenty eight is the song Gotta Get Out from Alec Empire's 2005 album, Futurist. Track 29 is New Man from Alec Empire's 2007 album, The Golden Foretaste of Heaven. And track 30 is Control Drug from Alec Empire's 2009 album, Shivers. So those are the songs on the playlist, all 30 of them. If you listen to this playlist and you listen it to the whole way, if you listen to it the whole way through, you are a boss because as I said, it is very difficult to listen to all of these songs all at once, one after the other because it's just aggressive, it's noisy, it's loud, it's sonically painful and it's wonderful. <laughs> so I hope you check it out. Even if you don't listen to the whole thing, listen to a few. I don't know. Pick the titles that seem most interesting and give them a listen. Check out the Nick Endo tracks. Check out the Bomb 20 tracks. Definitely check out the Alec Empire tracks, please. Because I love it so much and I want you to love it too. Um, and the reason why, one more time, the reason why I had to put so many songs on this playlist, why there are 30 songs on this playlist because I really wanted to cover the wide variety of sounds that are that are that make up the digital hardcore genre. And this isn't even all of them. These are the ones that I'm familiar with and the ones that I enjoy the most and the ones that I selected for you to hopefully enjoy as well. So you're going to hear techno, you're going to hear breakbeat, you're going to hear drum and bass, you're going to hear noise, you're going to hear ambient, you're going to hear punk, you're going to hear mashup. You're gonna hear samples. You're gonna hear unlistenable stuff that's gonna make you wanna drive nails into your eyeballs. And that is what makes up the genre digital hardcore. So, that's all I have for you this week. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. I have a feeling this might not be something that resonates with everyone or most of you, Um, but, Again, it is a music genre that is near and dear to me. I love it so much. I have never spoken about it this much to anyone. Like I like I said, like I don't have friends who are into digital hardcore um, or who even know that it exists. but um, but it was really, really a fun exercise for me to put together this playlist you know, do a little bit of the research about like, you know, who the artists are and where they come from and all that good stuff. And uh, to clip out the songs and to put this playlist together for you to listen to, like, this was a complete, absolute pleasure for me. So I hope it was at least entertaining and interesting to you. So have a listen, check out the playlist. I'll be coming at you next time. Christmas is next weekend. So spoiler alert, Next week's episode will be about my favorite Christmas songs. So stay tuned for that. Check out Digital Hardcore and I will be back at you next time. Bye. Each episode of Spooky Electric has a playlist that I have created for each individual episode. The playlist can be found on my Spotify account, Trent Venegas, in the playlist folder titled Spooky Electric. The playlist track listings are listed on the Spooky Electric Instagram at Spooky Electric, where the O's are zeros. S-P-0-0-K-Y-E-L-E-C-T-R-I-C.